Hello everybody, welcome to Success Defined with Ben McDonald. When thinking about the word success, everybody has their own interpretation or definition. The amazing part about that is your actions should be leading you to what you deem successful. Whether your success revolves around your profession, finances, freedom, family, impact, or one of the other infinite options, you don't need to follow the pack mentality anymore. We will talk with people who have experienced success in fields such as entrepreneurship, athletics, corporate America, coaching, being an author, and so much more. I want to bring you inside the stories of successful people who went about achieving success their way. My hope is this will lead to impacting our community to realize their own personal definition of success and lead to people correcting their actions to go after whatever that looks like for them. To start off, we're going back and talking about my business background and a few lessons I picked up. I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by entrepreneurs growing up. My father ran his own companies and worked for himself for as long as I can remember. My grandfather was an immigrant who came over and started a dairy farm. By the time I was a teenager, it was one of the largest farms in the area. I would go on trips to Canada with him to buy cows and saw his evolution of entrepreneurship. So the fact that I started my own company really shouldn't come as a surprise at all. When I was 19, I was a sophomore in college. I was playing three sports and studying business. The idea of starting a company had always been intriguing, but I wasn't sure what to do. In a class one day, we discussed finding a gap in a market and taking advantage of that gap. There wasn't a basketball travel program near where I grew up, and there certainly weren't any training options or tournaments. So a few of my friends and I began talking about how fun it would be to start a company that focused on helping high school basketball players improve. The conversation quickly died out, as often happens, but I was still interested in the idea. I went down to the county clerk, paid $25, and registered my company name and address as a a sole proprietorship. The next step was trying to actually get clients. So I had no clue where to start. I just called every local high school coach and athletic director in the area and told them what I was putting together. I also went and found stats in newspapers from local games and reached out to the athletes and parents on Facebook to see who was interested. After a couple months of this, I held open tryouts, really without any clue if anybody besides my younger brother was going to show up. I went to a sporting goods store and bought six basketballs for $30 a piece. So altogether, I had spent $180 on basketballs, $25 to register my company, and $100 to rent the gym for four hours. $300 all-in investment upfront for this company was about as low risk as I could get, which was important for a college student with little money. Fortunately, enough players showed up to create three teams, and my entrepreneurship journey began. While I was still completing my undergrad program, I had three to five teams every year compete in the spring, and then training sessions would be going on in the summer. I had to set up all the programs to be paid by the customers before the program began. That way I could buy the equipment for the summer training, the jerseys for the teams, and pay the rent for the facility we used. I want you to understand that pursuing your definition of success does not have to be this incredible risk. People envision starting a company being a process where you have to borrow too much money or you have to give up too much equity in your company. You've got to quit your job and and hope that everything works out perfectly. 
Forget the stereotypes and find what works for you. Once I graduated, my company had led me to an opportunity to be an athletic director and a varsity boys basketball coach at a local high school. I was by far the youngest athletic director and coach within the league. I was also getting my master's at the same time. So to say that I was juggling a few things would be quite an understatement. I needed employees to help me grow the company, but still didn't have the capital to pay salaries. So, like any entrepreneur would do, I once again got creative. I contacted a sports management department at two local colleges, told them about my company, and asked if any students needed an internship. The responses were incredible, and I was fortunate enough to be able to select three strong students from a good-sized pool. Since we were such a small company at the time, these students were doing things with marketing, events, business organization, management, at a level really much higher than a typical internship would be. So it worked out amazing on each side of the relationship. These interns helped create our first basketball tournament, which in the first year turned into the largest revenue and net profit earner for the company. I was able to bring one of these interns on full time at the end of the school year and everything began to snowball from there. A couple years later, I was done with my master's and had stepped away from being an athletic director because the business was growing at a fast rate. My wife, Kim, and I were looking at moving from upstate New York to somewhere in the southeast. The options for my business were to attempt to run the company from 10 plus hours away or try and sell the business. I didn't like the idea of being so far away from the company due to the lack of quality control, so I decided to look for a buyer. This is where I messed up more than anything with my first company. I had done everything on my own up to this point from starting the company, figuring out marketing, creating the corporation, and so on. I thought I could sell the company on my own as well. The problem was, I didn't know nearly enough about the process, and there wasn't as much information as there is today that I could just go search and find some of the basics. So instead of being patient, contacting a good amount of potential buyers, really learning about how I should value my company, I went way too fast. I valued the company based on net income instead of a multitude of other options such as revenue, how much revenue was recurring, what the business growth trends were, value of the equipment that I owned, how many of my expenses were expenses from one-time purchases such as equipment, and so on. I was fortunate to have been able to sell my company but I know that I left way too much money on the table from that exit. Patience is an unbelievable lesson that I took from that experience and have been able to provide moving forward because it's not a natural strength of mine, so I had to learn it through that process. It seems like everything needs to happen faster and needs to be bigger. If instead you stick to your process, challenge yourself to do better, and be willing to get advice or guidance, you will absolutely have a greater chance to succeed and create long-term success. After selling the company and moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, I eventually got into financial planning. I was seeking another opportunity to grow a business, have self-reliance, and be able to make a greater impact on people. Today, I run a financial planning office north of Charlotte. My wife and I have a two-year-old daughter with another kid on the way. So my definition of success has obviously changed dramatically, and therefore my habits and actions look very different than they did when I was a recent college grad running my first company. 
I will be sure to discuss my definition of success, my actions and how they're aligned with my definition, struggles that I encounter, and much more. Hopefully, that will help others clarify success for themselves. I'm excited to go on this journey with all of our listeners and guests. So until next time, how is your success defined?